y'all are looking at me. My, my wife has some kind of idea. But we're going to be talking, this is the last in our sermon series, um, Forever, Ever Wonder Why. Ever Wonder Why. And um, as we begin today, let me ask if you could just, just stand this morning. I'm going to read the Word of God. I know I normally don't have you do this, but let me just do this very short. The Word of God says, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whosoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. Amen. Amen. I told you to be short. You may sit down. For God so loved the world. For God so loved the world. I grew up in in the church and I knew that God loved the world. But there were times in my life when I thought, man, can God love me? Can God love me? And I wonder how many of you can relate that to that. When you think about the things that you, that you know that you've done, when you look at the things that you know that you've said or thought that you've had, maybe you wonder, how could God love someone like me after all the people I've hurt and all the things that I have done wrong? If you've ever wondered about God's love today, um, we're going to try to answer that question. And the title of Today's message is, Does God Love Me? So, Father, we pray. As we celebrate you, Lord God, and your greatness, Lord God, we ask that you would just open up heaven. Reveal your love to us. That we would be changed by your grace. By your power, by your unconditional love, and also that we would be able to share that love with others because of your son Jesus. We pray, amen and amen. Would you look at somebody sitting beside you or around you and you just say to that person, you're the one Jesus loves. Okay. Now look at the look at, look at another person, the person that you didn't choose to look at, and tell them Jesus loves you too. Thank you. Uh, it's great to be together today. Amen. So if you're not sure about God's love for you, it's likely because you're thinking of the word love. That, you know. Now, there's several different types of love. But what I want to do today is talk about two of those. For the sake of this message, now there are several types of love. But for the, the, the sake of this message, we're going to just look at two types of love. The first one, and they're in your notes, or if you'd like to take notes, or um, you know, expound on the notes. The first one is there's a type of love... 
that loves because of the value of the object. Because the object is valuable. There's a, there's a love that loves because the object is, excuse me, is worthy of love. Okay? Um, and this is the most common type of, of love. This is a love that you, that you know well. You love something because it's valuable, because you've worked for it, because you've earned it. You know, you might say, man, I, I love my baseball card collection. Or, or man, I love my new shoes. Or I love my car. This is the car that I've always wanted. And I love this car. And you do that because every time you know, you're in it, you think about how comfortable it is. Or, or if you have shoes, you know, it's because, because, man, I look good in these shoes. Or your clothes. You mean, I look good in this suit. You know, there's that kind of love. There's a love that loves because the object is valuable. Now, the problem with that kind of love is not everybody feels valuable. There are people, and you might be one of them, that never have felt valuable, never felt worthy. They never felt like they measured up to their own expectations, much less the expectations of God. There are these two types of love. And the one is love that loves because the object is valuable. Now there's a second type of love. That, kind, that type of love loves and gives value to the object. It's a love that loves not because the object is valuable, but because it gives value to the object. And I'll explain it this way. And I invite you to participate in this. I want you to take a moment, think. Think back in your childhood. I know it might be really hard for some of you. But think of your childhood. Think about those things in your childhood, that, that, those toys. Okay? I know everybody had one of these toys. One of those toys that you loved. It was your favorite toy. It might be like a cuddle toy. You know, when you were a kid, you grew up with your blankie. You know, like Linus and his blankie there. And hug on that. And, you know, no matter what, it was with you all the time. It might have been like a stuffed bear or, or a rabbit or something. Something that's, you know, had some kind of, fa- it was your favorite for whatever reason. Now, how many of you had a toy like that? Raise your hand. Okay, I was blessed. I had several toys like that. Okay. Now, chances are, most of you gave it a name. Most of you could probably name that thing right now, your favorite toy. Now, what I do know is that toy was probably not perfect. Chances are it was very flawed, right? I'm guessing it might have had a hole in it or, you know, mended. It might have had an eye that popped off and sewn back on, or maybe a little crooked, maybe a little loose, you know, those kind of things where it just wasn't exactly 
perfect, and probably it was stinky. If you carried it around all the way, all, everywhere, it probably got dirty and you know, it has some stains on it. It might smell bad. But even though your toy wasn't perfect, and even though it was flawed, what did you do? You loved that toy. Am I right? Raise your hand if you had a toy as a child that you loved. Yeah, see, we, we all know. Come on now. Think of that toy. Visualize that toy. Now let me tell you a little bit about mine. Not yet. <laughs> My toy was this thing. You know what? I would say it was... In my childhood memories, I had this toy, and I, I, when I was a kid, I'd take it with me on the bike. I'd take that thing, you know. And I, I guess you could say, how many of you remember, have kids that remember my buddy? My buddy. Okay, my buddy and me, we go climb a tree. Remember that, that commercial? Okay. Well, this guy, was, was this thing was just kind of like that. It was a little weird. I mean, it wasn't expensive. It was, and his name was Willie, Willie Talk, okay? And um, he was not a collector, he wasn't a collector's item, I don't know about now. If I tried to get rid of him now, I don't know if I'd get five bucks for him, you know, I might, I don't know. But um, I, I loved that toy. It was a lot of fun, you know? Um, and it's valuable to me, not because how it looked, not because of... What any one of you think about Willie? You know, it, it it was my toy. I liked him. It was fun. He was there. Um, as a matter of fact, I still have Willie Talk. Would you like to see him? Now, don't get all creeped out about this, man, because you're going to laugh. Because my wife's already crying, laughing in tears. <laughs> He even came in a suitcase. Now, was it? You keep your best friend in a suitcase, right? Now, don't go. go right. My son's back in the nursery, like flipping out. <laughs> See, they already know. Now you got to laugh. Okay, he's a ventriloquist dog. See, his, his, his rubber band is broken. He's not perfect. He's got a little mark on his cheek. He's got some of his hairs. The paint is chipped off anything. But what, that's not what makes him valuable. Okay, I loved this guy when I was a kid. Okay, for about a summer, maybe two, we'd go ride our bikes together. Well, he would ride my bike. Okay, I know, it's weird, y'all, man... Why did we, 20 years ago, did we make a mistake voting him in as pastor? If we would have known this, maybe he needs to get a psyche vow or something. I don't know. Kind of creepy. But um, yeah, that was the Willie talk. Look, he folds in half and he fits fine. I told my wife I was going to practice my ventriloquism and do a little thing on there, but I'm going to spare you that. Okay? The problem is, he's not valuable to anybody but me. But who's going to take care of him? Who 
Why is he valuable to me? Or, or, or should I say, the, the thing that makes him valuable is, is my love for him. Right? As flawed as he is, as weird as he is, as creepy as he looks. Okay? My wife's still shaking. I don't know why you brought him to church today. She'll see it and tell me. I'm going to videotape that part. Okay? I wanted you to understand this, though. That's exactly how God looks at you. Okay? It's exactly how God looks at us. This is how He loves us. Even though you might look at yourself and think, hey, I'm just a rag doll. I'm just a creepy looking guy or girl. or You know, I, I, I'm too tall, I'm too short, I'm too wide. Uh, I, I've got all these problems, all these flaws. I've got all these scars on the outside, scars on the inside. I have all these secrets. But here's the thing. God loves you and He knows all that stuff. There's nothing that you're hiding from God. So this morning, take your Bibles and turn to Romans chapter 5, verse 8. This is my favorite verse. Romans chapter 5, verse 8. How do we know that God loves us? Some of the translations start out as God shows us. Others say God demonstrates. He displays His own love for us in this. While we are still sinning, while we are still disobeying and and breaking the heart of God, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. The devil's going to tell you you're not worth anything. The devil's going to try to tear you down and, and, and get you... To, to be disappointed in yourself and all your flaws and everything that you've ever done wrong. God says, I know all of that. And I'm going to demonstrate my love for you. Jesus died on the cross for you. And that's what I want you to hear this morning. More than just hear it, I want you to feel it. God loves you so much that Jesus died on the cross for you. He took the punishment of your sins to the cross because He loves you. Even in the depth of your sin and your disobedience, God loves you. And I want you to feel that in your heart this morning. That unconditional, immeasurable love The kind of love that doesn't look for worth in an object. But it's the kind of love that gives worth to an object. You are valuable to God. You hold value to God. You may not feel like you're worth anything, but let me tell you what. Jesus died on the cross for you. God doesn't love you because you're worthy. 
It's God's love that makes you worthy. And that's how good He is. That's how powerful He is. It's His grace and His goodness. Therefore, love isn't just an action. It's not just something that God does. But it's who He is. It's His essence. God loves. Scripture tells us in 1 John chapter 4. God is love. That's who He is. That's not what He does. That's who He is. He is love. And watch this. This is how God showed His love among us. He sent His one and only Son. That's why we gather together today. That's why we can gather together. Because God sent His Son. That's why we have the nativity scene in front of our church. That's why we have an empty cross displayed. Because God loves you so much. He became Emmanuel, God with us. Lived that sinless life and took the cross, the shame of the cross. For you. He sent His one and only Son into the world that we might live through Him. This is love. Not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. This verse is ridiculously powerful. But this is this is way more when you think about who wrote it. We'll play a little Bible trivia just for fun. Is that okay? If you want to play, say I'll play. Okay, I got a couple of you. Okay. Here's the game. This verse is found in 1 John. Are you ready for this? Who do you think wrote that verse in 1 John? It's not a trick question. It's 1 John. It was written by John. Okay? This is John. But let's be clear. This is not John the Baptist. Okay? He was already in heaven by this time. This is John, whose brother was named James. Okay? This was, this was the, the, the disciples. And they were not what we would call disciple material. These guys did not graduate the top of their class. They weren't on the best behavior list. These guys were brash. They were rough. They were loud. They cussed up a storm. They were what we might call fishermen with a reputation. And I'll tell you what they weren't called. They had a nickname, but their nickname was The two gentle lambs. Their nickname was not the Bible Brothers. These two guys were known as the Sons of Thunder. And we know, and we don't know for sure what they did to earn that title. But if you look look in Scripture, in Luke chapter 9, we kind of get a a, a picture of maybe why they were called the sons of thunder. The context of of Luke chapter 9, Jesus was coming into town and the people weren't kind to Jesus. 
They did not like Jesus for whatever reason. Okay? They didn't welcome Jesus. So you, you, you know what the, thumbs, the sons of thunder didn't say? They didn't say, well, uh, let's just invite them to the Bible engagement study. Let's give them some brownies. Let's make them feel welcome. Let's go hug them all. That's not what they said. In Luke chapter 9, verse 54, here's what happened. When the disciples, James and John, when the sons of thunder saw this, they asked the Lord. They're talking to Jesus here. You know, Jesus, the creator of the universe, sustainer of everything. Okay? God in flesh, Emmanuel. Okay, they say this. Lord, do you want us to call down fire from heaven to destroy them? The sons of thunder. So this is John. For his whole life, he just didn't start fights. He finished them. This was the, the dad, like, like some of you know, if, you, if you've ever gone out to the, um, to the soccer, the kids' soccer games, you ever, you ever see those parents? I, I worked with this guy one time. He was a big football fan. He actually got banned from his kids, from coaching his kids' football team because, of, man, he, he just would just not let things go. Anger management issues. Always cause trouble. You know, you know always complaining about something. Always yelling at the ref or the young. And then all day, you know, his whole life, John was like this. Causing problems, finishing fights. Then one day, John started spending time with Jesus. One day, Jesus said, come and follow me. And John started spending time with Jesus. Now John hadn't done anything to earn Jesus' love. And even though he could never deserve the love that Jesus gave him, Jesus simply loved John. And we don't know when it happened, but little by little, John's identity, the way he saw himself, changed. Now, why do we know this? Because people called him the sons of, called him and his brother the sons of thunder. But throughout the the uh, Gospel of John. John referred to himself three times the one that Jesus loved. The one that Jesus loved. No longer the son of thunder. No longer the John the hothead. No longer John the screw-up. He was John the one that Jesus loved. And I believe with all my heart that God sent me to tell somebody today, no matter what your parents said about you, no matter how someone else made you feel, and no matter how, how you, you fell short 
or no matter what you thought or no matter what you said, no matter what you did, no matter what the devil tries to tell you day in and day out, no matter what you see when you look in the mirror, you are the one that Jesus loves. You are the one. And I don't want you to just hear that. I want you to feel that. Jesus told a story about a, a, a shepherd. If a shepherd leaves or has a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, the good shepherd leaves the 99. Why? Because he loves the missing one. You are the one that Jesus loved. It doesn't matter what you did. It doesn't matter how dark you feel. It doesn't matter the regrets that you carry or the shame that you endure. You are still the one that Jesus loves. And so what I want to do right now, whether you're, you're watching online or you're here at Middle River Assembly of God, whether you're watching on YouTube or Facebook, I don't care if you're watching three years from now, what I want you to do is I want you to close your eyes just for a moment. And I want you to feel. I want you to say that out loud. Say it to yourself. I mean to say it out loud. Say, I'm the one. Come on, let's say it. I'm the one that Jesus loves. I'm the one that Jesus loves. This isn't a statement of pride. This is a statement of fact. This is the truth. And that's how good God is. That's how amazing God is. See, God could have shouted from heaven. He could have just said, I love you. But he showed up, what he did was he showed up and showed his love on earth. Talked about it last week. The virgin shall conceive a child and his name shall be called what or who? Emmanuel. God with us. And they called him Jesus. Why? Because he will save his people from their sins. He's the Savior. Now what does it mean to sin? Sin isn't a popular word in our culture. It simply means missing the mark. It means falling short of God's standard. And we've all done it. We've all done it. I've done it too many times to count and so have you. And this is the reason why, this may be the reason why you don't feel worthy. We feel unworthy of God's love because we know that we've sinned against God. And that's why I want to tell you about a God who loves you with a different kind of love. And it's not a love because the object is valuable. But it's the kind of love that gives value.
to the one it loves. So I want you to hear it, and I want you to feel it, and I want you to believe it. You are the one. Whatever you did, let it go. All the shame, the pain, the regret. God loves you. And I want you to be, and I'm going to pray that you would be convinced that as the Bible says, that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, neither the present, nor the past, nor any powers, neither height, nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation would be able to separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And that's why we gather. His name is Jesus. And he came to save the people from their sins. So Father, we ask today that our hearts would be open to your love. No matter where you're watching, as you're praying today, for those of you who are followers of Jesus, you're Christians, maybe you have some family members, some close friends that, that, that do not know the love of God. If that's you this morning, just lift their name before God today, just in a prayer. Maybe God might give you the chance to show them that love. Those of you that would say, yes, I'm a follower of Jesus, but there's someone that I know somewhere that I love that doesn't know the love of God. I want to pray for them today. Would you just lift up your hands for somebody that you know? Father, we just pray right now that those that we know that don't know you would be open to the work of the Holy Ghost. God, give us the chance to know your goodness, to show your love. God, we might invite them to church. We may just be a witness or we... Or maybe very bold, Lord, just give us wisdom and give us the words to say. We ask God that you would do what only you can do and reveal your love. Your loving kindness that draws us into repentance. That we could experience your love, your goodness, your grace, and your life. Pray for them, Lord. And as believers, you keep praying. But if you don't know, if you've never experienced the love of God, whether you're, you're watching us online or you're here this morning, you may feel the weight of what you've done. You might be thinking, how could God love someone as bad as me? But the love of God isn't based upon our goodness. It's based upon who God is. And He is love. And His love is very different than the love you and I see in this world. It's the kind of love that gives value to the object. 
You are so valuable to God that God sent His Son, Jesus, born of a virgin, who did not inherit the sin nature of the earthly father, but the heavenly nature from a heavenly father. Jesus, the Lamb of God, who loved us while we were still sinning, and He gave His life, died in our place, and rose from the dead. So that everyone, and this includes you, who calls on the name of that name that is above every other name, that name of Jesus, if you call on his name, he will be forgiven your sins. And he'll make you brand new. You are the one that Jesus loves. And no matter where you're you're hearing this or watching this or you're hearing this through. Those of you who might say, I need His grace, I want His forgiveness. You say you're going to step away from the past. That you're going to repent from our sins. As we call on the name of Jesus, He hears our prayers. He forgives our sins and He makes us brand new. No matter what you've done, no matter how bad you feel, you are the one that Jesus loves. And if you say, yes, I want to receive His love. Yes, I want to give my life to Him. Today I surrender and give my life to Jesus. If that's your prayer this morning, would you pray today? Whether you're watching online or here in this room, let's pray out loud. Just pray this prayer with me, would you? Nobody prays alone. Pray, Heavenly Father, I believe in Jesus. I believe He is God's Son. And I believe that He died on the cross for me. I believe that He was three days in the grave. And I believe that He is resurrected to new life. I confess that I'm a sinner. And I need forgiveness of my sins. So I ask that you would forgive me, Jesus. Help me to turn from that sin and turn towards you. I need you in my life. Now I ask that you would set me on the path toward you to help me walk in your way. I give my whole life to you because you gave your life for me. In Jesus' name, amen. Heavenly Father, I pray for those who prayed that prayer in faith. That you would Allow them to feel the lightness of their burden. All the darkness that was around them, Lord God, let it be filled with your love and your light. All the confusion and the chaos, Lord God, that they have experienced in the past, let it be replaced by your peace. 
Father, let them see you at work in their life. Give them a desire to read your word, to pray. Give them a desire to find a family, Lord God, of people in a church that would, Lord, just help them grow and learn more about you. Father, set them on a path that would bring you glory and honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. For those of you who are watching online, let me encourage you to find a place where you can grow, a place, a church that teaches the Word of God. If you need help in that, and you're not in the Baltimore area, let us know. Uh, instant message us or email us, and we can help you find a church. Now, if you're in eastern Baltimore County, and you know where Middle River is, you're more than welcome to come here and join us. So let me encourage you to do that. Amen, church? Amen. Amen. Praise God. You are loved by God. And you are valuable because of the love of God. Amen. He gives your life value. So let's stand and we'll pray a prayer of dismissal. And uh, we will go from there. Heavenly Father, we praise and we thank you, Lord God. That you love us. We thank you, Lord. That even while we were yet sinners and breaking your heart and doing everything to resist you, Lord God, you loved us so much that you have Jesus die on the cross for us. Now I pray that you would bury that deep into our hearts and help us spread the love that you've given to us as we live our lives in this world that just knows pain and darkness and so much hatred. Let us fill that void with your love. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.